You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every other-ish day right now during the offseason. Happy hump day, everybody. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. And I apologize greatly if you can hear the thunderstorm that is going on right outside my window. Um, but I, I, I don't really have another option. It's going to be thunderstorms all day. So that's that's what we're dealing with right now. Today... Uh, during the first segment, I'm going to be joined by Trevor Sikama of the Draft Network and Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast to talk about how the Julio Jones trade impacts Kyle Pitts. I'll talk about how Florida is the second best team in college football at developing NFL draft picks. And we'll spend a bit talking about who else could be contenders for that offensive line university uh, title. Thank you to those who left a review, including the last one, which... Um, I'm not going to say it for a couple of reasons, but if you want to check Apple Podcasts, just look up Locked On Gators and look up the most recent review that I came in last Friday by Stud5541. Thank you. Appreciate that. Made me laugh. Not sure if I should be happy or offended, but hey, it's what it is. Five stars, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. There's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's a Lockdown SEC with Chris Yordy of Sports 790. Follow the Lockdown SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back now to Lockdown Gators and joining me is Trevor Sikama, a senior NFL writer for the Draft Network, co-host of the Locked on NFL Draft podcast, uh, leader of the three sides minimum movement, Wow, I yeah. I, I uh, mean, it's, it's a community movement, but, you know, I if people want to call me the leader of it, I guess I won't be too mad about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sticking with leader. You're the dude that I see talk the most about it, so I'm sticking with leader. Uh, and I believe you are a Florida grad, right? I am. Yes, yeah. you are right. 2014 is when I graduated from that wonderful university. So yes, I am an alumnus. Yikes, man. You're old. I graduated high school in 2014. <laughs> I, tar- I turned 30 this year. So yeah, I mean, you're you're not the first one to remind me that I'm definitely old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I turned 25 and it's like an existential crisis here. So I'm, Hey, I'm but just- at least you can rent a car everywhere now. That was always 25 for me. It's like you get the ages where it matters. And then 25 it was like, all right, I guess I can like rent a car no matter what, no matter where I am now. So cool. Yeah, that's cool. Also, but like, I don't want to drive. <laughs> no, nah, you're fine. It, it works out. Late 20s is awesome. You'll see. I promise. I'm all right. If it's not, I'm going to hold you to that. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so first off, we have the most important question for you that I could possibly think of. And I wanted to start off with like the hardest one for you. Okay, yes. How's Marvel? <laughs> Marvel Marvel is good. He is uh, in the other room right now, big chilling with his favorite bone as we record this podcast. So, no, he's doing great. It's funny that that's the first question you asked because the first question I asked you is, you've got a Thor's hammer right behind you. And so I, I immediately pointed that out. And so that's funny. 
Yeah, no, I I wrote it down when I was like getting ready. I was like, first question, Marvel. It's like, gotta be Marvel. If there's anything I get into this interview, it's that. Um, but of course, you're here to talk about how the Julio Jones pick or Julio Jones trade impacts Kyle Pitts, who is of course the highest drafted tight end of the University of Florida. Yeah, uh, fourth overall to the Atlanta Falcons. So, how does the trade impact Kyle Pitts' production outlook for this season? Well, I think heavily, right? Because when you look at Julio Jones, he didn't have 100 targets last year, but I believe the six years prior, he always had more than 100 targets. I mean, this has been the lion's share guy for them. And yeah, Calvin Ridley's come on and he's a fantastic wide receiver and they're going to force feed him the ball just like they did last year when Julio wasn't available. But, you know, it's it's always got to be more than one receiver. We're seeing that the NFL... And just football in general, because you see this in college football plenty with how spread out they are. It's more than one guy. And, and you, sometimes teams have a clear-cut wide receiver one, but even when that's the case, it can't be just them. And so for as much as the Falcons fans might really like Calvin Ridley, someone else has to step up. And you know they had Russell Gage last year who, who got them a lot of targets, and they leaned on when Julio wasn't there. And they gave Hayden Hurst a lot of targets as well, the fellow tight end who is still going to be there. And you know, they traded a decent package to go get Hayden Hurst, and it makes a lot of sense. But Hurst got 88 targets last year. And and to think of what Pitts could be in that passing game, you've just got to believe that with no Julio there, Pitts is going to be the second leading target person on that team. I still think that Calvin Ridley is going to be number one, but I don't think Pitts is going to be very far behind because you also get into a situation here with uh, Arthur Smith, the new tight, the the new head coach in Atlanta and no coach ran more 12 personnel, which is two, you know, two tight ends on the field. than Arthur Smith did as offensive coordinator of the Titans the last two years, he combined over the last two years, ran the most 12 personnel snaps. And so that just shows how much he likes to get tight ends on the field, how much he likes to emphasize them in his offense. We obviously saw a great year from John U. Smith last year, and that led to the biggest tight end contract that we've ever seen this past off season, which was pretty rich for my blood, but I mean, it just goes to show you what Arthur Smith is able to do with tight ends. And so, you know, I I think that certainly this move only streamlines things for Kyle Pitts to once again, take the league by storm. And and so I think that that's probably what we're looking at here, just like he did in the SEC. Now he's going to do it with at least the NFC South for next year as a rookie. I think that he's going to be a big problem and then he'll grow into one of the best in the NFL. Yeah. And then, so one thing that I've, discussed extensively on the podcast especially with Kyle Pitts leading into the draft the possibilities of him going to Atlanta and after this selection was that the pick is a good pick because with Julio Calvin Ridley Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst um, you've now got someone that's always going to be some kind of mismatch or he's going to be against just whether it's straight up talent size whatever it is Um, and that's not a thing anymore so does this now make the Kyle Pitts selection look better or worse in very, of course, very premature hindsight? Right. Uh, And I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. And it's funny because I don't think Kyle Pitts' success or failures really go into it as much when we're having this conversation here and now, right? Because I think the big conversation is, well, should they have taken a quarterback? You know, of course, they restructure Matt Ryan's deal which was a bit of a surprise to me. A lot of people were saying, oh, they had to. And look, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that I know the context of a team better than a GM does or better than their cap people do. Maybe they did believe their hands were tied. And maybe they truly was. But going into the offseason, I mean, they could have put Matt Ryan up for trade. 
you know, they could have moved on from him. And, and that way you get under from his cap a, a lot more when you're able to deal him. You can make it so the deal doesn't go through until uh, June 1st. You know, then you get even more cap relief. I mean, when you look at a team like the Broncos, the Broncos with Matt Ryan, that's an automatic playoff team. Automatic. What like 100%. You could have looked at the Indianapolis Colts before they made the deal for Carson Wentz. And and you'd rather have Matt Ryan than Carson Wentz. So, man, I just, I'm not so sure I totally believe Falcons fans when they say like, oh, their hands were tied. They had to restructure Matt Ryan. And the reason why I bring Matt Ryan into this is because if you didn't restructure him, you let him play out this year, his deal next year, he becomes really cuttable or you can move on from him very well. And if you thought that you were going to move on from Julio as well, so you're moving on from both Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, you're starting a rebuild. This is a rebuild team. The defense is awful. There's nobody on the defense to even basically mention. I know they have Grady Jarrett and and Deion Jones, but two guys don't make an 11-man unit. And so they're, they're a ways away from really competing on defense. So I think that they're a couple of years away from that winning window on that side of the ball. And if you were going to move on from Jones, if Jones really wasn't happy, if you thought that this was probably in the cards that you were going to deal him, why'd you restructure Matt Ryan? And then why did you draft Kyle Pitts? Because I'm with you. When you have the team that they had on draft night, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, now Kyle Pitts. That's a great offense. You could convince me that the Falcons are going to win a handful of games just because they're going to score more points than other teams. Now, they don't have Julio Jones. They're basically looking at being maybe just as good as they were last year. And for the last three years, they haven't been above 500. So how does this really help them? And, And when you bring in this question of, does this make the Pitts pick any different I think the answer is yes, and it really has nothing to do with how well Kyle Pitts is going to play. Because I think everybody, I think everybody would tell you this is going to be a future star in the league. Like this dude's awesome. Kyle Pitts' tape is rare, alien-like. You just don't see it. Dan Mullen, of course, called him a unicorn, right? And so, even if Pitts plays really well, was that the right selection in hindsight over maybe going for everybody brings up Justin Fields as the other quarterback that they could have selected at number four? Now we have heard that if Trey Lance would have been on the board at number four, Atlanta would have taken him. I guess that just means the league just was not high on Justin Fields, and that's for, I guess, the league to swallow that pill if he's good or not. But, um, yeah, it just a lot of things now go into the equation of was this pick of Kyle Pitts at number four worth it? Cool for Kyle Pitts. Obviously, he, he goes as high as any tight end has ever gone in the NFL draft before, and now he gets to step into Julio Jones-type attention on the offense. So it's honestly great for him. I don't know if it'll be the right pick for Atlanta. We'll have to see. All right. Thank you, Trevor, so much for joining us today. Uh, again, you can catch Trevor on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. He's a senior NFL writer for the Draft Network, co-host of the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast, which you can catch daily with him and Benjamin Solek. And again, leader of the Three Sides Minimum Movement. And he's, he's Marvel's dad, so that's great. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on the show, Brandon. Thank you, Trevor. Need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop slash Dogecoin money, uh, bet online money, really wherever you get your dollar, visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I don't even have a car, but I wanted to get familiar with the website and I was shocked at how smooth the experience was. Whether it's brake pads, taillights, hydraulics, fuzzy dice what i forgot what i said last time but you know whatever else you want go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck whether it's for your classic 
or Daily Driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know exactly who sent you. That is L O C K E D space O N. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, winter green, cinnamon, and pomegranate. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw away your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum and lozenges today. This is the real deal. A Lucy subscription comes directly to your door each month. It's simple and you don't have to worry about leaving your house because Lucy has delivery down. Locked on college network listeners, if you go to lucy.co and use the promo code locked on college, all one word, you're going to get 20% off of all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. And I do have to read this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code locked on college. As I mentioned earlier, Florida is the second best school in all of college football at developing NFL draft picks. That is not a matter of opinion. That is a fact. There is information to back this up, according to 24-7 Sports. I will, I will, I will say that about it. Uh, so 24-7 Sports has attempted to put football player development into a grade. It's apparently something that they do yearly, and they call it their development rating. Uh, there's a, a formula that's, that's basically... Uh, your points awarded per recruiting rank and draft slot. So basically, uh, the higher a player is ranked coming out of high school, um, it's it's very weird to explain. It's less valuable to get a higher ranked player drafted. It is more valuable if you can get, say, um, number 247. Like player 247 drafted on day three, that's worth two points. That's what I mean. But if you get the first overall player drafted on day one, that's two two and a half points. If you get player two forty seven drafted on day one, that's three and a half points. So it, it's a it's a complex thing. Um, but Florida has checked in number two nationally, so that's awesome for us. That's that's just like that, that's a really fun thing for us to be able to celebrate and talk about. Um, they are better than every single school in the nation. That is not named Alabama or or Washington, I guess, because uh, Washington and Florida tied, although Florida had a significantly larger sample size. But again, the number of players doesn't matter as much with this because it's more of an efficiency thing. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, it's a percentage, we'll say, I guess. That's, that's probably the best way to break it down is that because uh, Alabama had 61 top two four, top 247 players, and Washington had 12, but they were only 0. .03 away from their development rating. So it's a very, it's a complex thing, but it's also awesome to look at because Florida, is, Florida specifically is one of the few schools here where we've had quite a few head coaches in this time. By the way, Georgia, number nine, suck it, Kirby Smart. Uh, <laughs> but Florida is one of the few schools where they've had a few head coaches because of course this is going back to guys that uh that will muschamp brought in and that jim McElwain uh brought in and that jim McElwain helped develop and 
uh, Will Muschamp helped develop, and, and Dan Mullen really just came in for the final few seasons of this experiment. But it goes back to, I think, to, it, it, I'm not going to throw a number out there and screw myself here, um, early, mid-2010s, we'll say. Um, so... It goes back to that that far, um, which of course at that point at that point those players getting drafted were by uh, Muschamp, McElwain, and it, it's an experiment that carries multiple years, and that's why some of these guys were uh, coached by Dan Mullen. Um, if you want to, in, I don't know if they include transfer guys here, but like if you want to include any transfers, maybe Dan Mullen. Uh, there's not a, like a list available, but it's something that it's. It's it's pretty cool to see. Um, Florida had twenty nine top two forty seven players, sixty nine percent got drafted. Nice um, development rating one point one zero, which again puts him second above just just above Ohio State, LSU, Miami, Stanford, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Ole Miss round out the top ten. Um, the thing here is I mentioned Kirby Smart because he's, I mean. He's without a doubt a very good recruiter, but there's always been questions about his uh, his game day play calling and his development ability. And this is something where, like, hey, you're a fantastic recruiter. You consistently have top recruiting classes, but you are uh, lacking a little bit, at least, in development rating. Um, you could look at Florida, who our recruiting hasn't been as good as schools like Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia over the past decade but i mean we've consistently put guys into into the nfl this is what i was talking about with o-line u and wide receiver u where we have guys that are maybe not superstars but they're going to get to the nfl that's one of the things they're going to stay in the nfl whether or not they're the number one overall pick i do not care i like legitimately couldn't care less uh, we get guys into the NFL. That's something for Florida. And now we get to see guys where we're at the time where players who came to Florida after being recruited by Dan Mullen, they're finally getting ready to get to the NFL. So that's something that we get to see now as far as can Dan Mullen take guys from college, develop them, and bring them into the NFL. And now we're going to see strictly really him and how he produces in that way so that's something that we get to look forward to now and we get to kind of settle the uh the debate that i see so often on social media about who's the better college football coach dan mullen or kirby smart it's dan mullen um that's not that's not a question really um but yeah no, now we get to see that i love this metric i'm gonna see if i could find more about it if we can keep seeing things and hopefully we keep seeing it come up and it gets explained a little bit more because it seems really awesome and really interesting. And of course, we're in the age of analytics now where everything is always updating so frequently. Um, but once again, Kirby Smart, suck it. Um, as we build anticipation for the football season, let's start building our bodies too. Um, if you know what I mean, how's that for you? Uh, stud5541, I believe it was. Uh, how's that for cringe? Uh, yeah, that's what he said. Um, Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It has 18 delicious flavors, including recent Built Bar champion Coconut Brownie Chunk. Personally, though, as we all know, I'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy. That's that's my style. That's how I like it. 
Uh, if you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like I do, that is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar. Get this, if you're keto, remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Of course, as I talked about on Monday's episode this week for Locked On College Football, or Locked On College, really, we are talking about position you, and this week is offensive line you. Uh, I made my case for Florida, you know, whether you're considering... The Pounceys, Lomas Brown, Max Starks, whoever you want to throw out there. Um, that was not my case. In my case, if you want to go in-depth with it, was on Monday talking about how we get guys to the NFL, whether or not they're stars, whether or not they're high picks. We get guys in the NFL, and they stay in the NFL, and they're pretty consistent contributors. So that's a big point for me, at least. It's just I don't care if we have the first O-line drafted. We have guys that stay there, and we've we've proven that consistently with different head coaches through different decades really where florida is the place where if you want to get to the nfl and you want to be set up for long-term success florida is one of if not the absolute best place to go but in the interest of uh fair competition or if that's what you want to call it uh i did this last week running back you i thought it was interesting i've gotten positive feedback on it so i'm hoping you guys are also interested in it if not let me know and i'll try to scratch it from the schedule but talking about other possible position you winners uh o-line you is it's a weird one because if you're like me um you you love it but if and if you're a diehard you love it and if you're just a like a, a trench guy you love it but if you're a casual fan odds are you don't give a dang about it um <laughs> which is, is fair it's not it's not pretty it's not flashy but it it's effective and it's really what football is built on winning those trench battles so i've got four schools here that i think could win o-line you i'm hoping that it's florida i think we've got a solid chance i'm hoping at least um I'm hoping, I'm going to say this, this isn't the list that I have, uh, Alabama's not first on the list, but I'm going to say them first to get them out of the way, just because if we get it, they're always so good, blah, 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 blah. Um, don't care anymore, they're not O-line you. Uh, they get guys into the NFL, sure, but I feel like they've got a higher bust rate than, uh, their, their bust rate is pretty much too high to qualify as O-line you, is what I'll say about it. Uh, and so for that, I don't think Alabama can do it. I think they might get it just because they get guys drafted highly and frequently. But I don't think that their uh, that their success rate in the NFL is high enough to claim O line U. So that's why I'm like, eh. Uh, Alabama's probably on the list because they're probably going to be high on the list for everything because they're Alabama. <laughs> um, but I don't think that they deserve to be there at all really with this one it's just like eh. <laughs> like you got like sure you're alabama you're great but like eh, don't care um so that's how i feel about that one if you can't tell i'm holding back um <laughs> other schools i put i mean wisconsin is one of them where wisconsin they i know one of their big things that everyone talks about is like wisconsin running backs um the reason guys like 
Monty Ball and Melvin Gordon and Jonathan Taylor got to be so good in college. Sure, they're talented running backs, but that offensive line is just consistently churning out NFL talent, and that's one of the biggest things to me is that, yeah, yeah, awesome. Like They've got great running backs. They've always got great running backs. They always put up a a ton of rushing yards and a ton of this and a ton of that. I I do not care at all because uh, you've got guys like uh, like Kevin Zeitler, uh, Tyler Biadish, um, I'm I'm just going to David Edwards from a couple years ago, although he's not like amazing yet. At least I really liked him. I will say that. Uh, Bo Benchwell, Ryan Ramchick is probably the best offensive lineman out of Wisconsin in the NFL right now. Uh, you've got those guys coming out frequently and kind of being uh, consistent ballers, I'll say, but. I, I don't know if uh, I don't think they've got the quantity of guys like they've got they've gotten plenty of guys to the NFL but as of the past decade or so they really get like one or two a year so that's why I don't think they should be it but I think that given how consistent and successful their offensive line is that they're going to make a strong case there uh, again. Don't think they should, but I think they will be up there just because, you know, that's what Wisconsin does. Like, everyone knows Wisconsin is like O-line places. Next, I put Iowa. Um, another thing where it's like, I don't I don't think they should. I love James Daniels. Uh, no doubt about that. He's one of my favorite offensive linemen in the entire NFL right now. Austin Blythe has been fantastic. Uh, Brian Bulaga is a consistent beast. Tristan Wirfs last year was, I'll say, the best offensive tackle coming out of the draft. Uh, Brandon Scherf has been a consistent monster again. But it's one of those things where I don't. I think they've got quality, Wisconsin and Iowa. I think they've both got quant, uh, quality, but I don't know if they have qu- uh, quantity, and I'm not confident saying that they do just because yeah, honestly, like they, they get star players, but they don't get guys that stay in the NFL for long periods of time without being a star player. And I think that's a very underrated thing. And I think that's what Florida really excels at. And the last school I put was Notre Dame. Uh, you know, they, I think Notre Dame just might be the winners. They've got, I, again, I think it should be Florida, but I think we could see Notre Dame win it. Just they, they've got Ronnie Stanley, Zach Martin, uh, Quentin Nelson is like they've got three guys that are absolute beasts. So I, th- I think it's hard to really be like, oh no, they don't deserve it at all. Um, Mike McGlinchey's another great guy when he's healthy. Uh, but another quantity thing, like quality, fantastic out of Notre Dame. But they they put out studs and they don't put out anyone else really. And that that's my point with uh, with really Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Iowa. I, they're the opposite of Florida. You know, uh, those three schools put out studs consistently, but they don't put out guys that just stay in the... They put out a lot of guys that stay in the NFL, where Florida doesn't put out just beasts and studs and monsters, whatever you want to call them, but we get guys to the NFL and they stay there for a long time. And I think that's a very underrated quality for a lot of places with Florida, a lot of sports really with Florida and positions. Uh, But that about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me Friday... I am, again, not going to commit as to what's going on because I'm trying to schedule a couple of interviews, and at least for this week, I'm hoping can still fit in. 
uh, whether it's media personalities or former Gator athletes or both, who knows. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out Locked On NFL Draft, hosted by Trevor Sikama, who you heard earlier today, and Benjamin Solak, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Catch Trevor and Ben as they give you more insight on the NFL Draft than you ever thought you need, but you always want more. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, where do the Bucks go from here? Um, home? It looks like Milwaukee Bucks, of course, but uh, yeah, no, it, it looks like they're going home. <laughs> Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Lockdown Today podcast. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.